You know, he brings a lot of energy. You know, he's real eager to get on the field. And when his number was called, that's exactly what he did. Um, he came out there and we had his back. We told him, you know, be calm, do what you were supposed to do. You know, it's nothing like practice, you know, so go out there and just have fun with it. Tennessee wide receiver Marquez Callaway on backup quarterback Brian Maurer. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off. Brought to you by Window Works. I'm Jimmy Himes along with Tim Irwin. Brian Maurer, 4 of 11, had an interception, 44 yards. Uh, he did run the ball a few times. What did you think of the way Maurer played, Tim? Um, I got to lump his first two outings together. And just like the guy playing ahead of him, my question is decision-making at times. I think that's the number one thing. I I think his arm strength looks fine. Um, he didn't he threw the ball out of bounds a couple times on third down. Maybe those were throwaways, but I don't think so. Um, I would say uh, C minus. One of his throwaways was a potential pass interference, but it was so far out of bounds. Yeah, catch him. Yeah, he throws the ball, and makes it a jump ball, with arguably your best receiver, one of your two best receivers. One of your two big dogs, Callaway, I think was the receiver he was throwing to. And if he if uh, he gives him a chance to jump up and fight the ball, then we get a first down. But he throws it so far out of bounds, they pick the flag up. And that's just another example of some of the bad things that happened to us. We had, you know, we lose a hairline call on the goal line at the end of the first half. That stands. You know, we have a flag picked up right there that gives us another first down in Florida territory. Uh, we have... Late hits after big gains that put us back behind the sticks and stopped some early drives. Uh, like I said, it's just been a Murphy's Law season. We're not as bad as we're playing. We're really not. We're not as bad as we're playing right now. We just can't get off the schneid out there. It's it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not getting better. Not what, yet. What would you do at the quarterback position going forward? Are you sticking with Garantano? I'd be out. I know. I'd just be out there Friday night recruiting like crazy. Well, they've got a good quarterback committed from Marietta, Georgia. Yeah. Well, Harrison Bailey. Uh, if I was uh, uh, Cooper, I'd be going down there and seeing him every chance I got, and be snapping the ball to him because that could be the tandem next year. Does Kennedy have another year after this year? Depends on whether they grant him a. Uh, he could petition for his sixth year because he lost an entire year at Tennessee. He lost a year at Alabama. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to go in that direction. He yeah. might. But um, And the Cooper you're talking about is Cooper Mays. At well, yeah, I mean, he's projected to come in and be a center in college, and I think that's a perfect position for him. He's not the biggest line, but he plays with great technique and strength, and he's uh, got uh, some moxie about him. He's a little bit mean when he needs to be. Great kid otherwise. Let's go to Michael. Michael, you're on Sunday Sports Sound Off. Hey, Michael. Michael, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Um, I want your opinion um, on what you think about them starting Bryce Thompson yesterday and what kind of message that brings and sends from the program. Okay, let's get the background on Bryce Thompson. Um So when he was in high school, he was committed to South Carolina. South Carolina dropped him because he had had an allegation about uh, being physically abusive to his girlfriend there. There was a restraining order that she took out on him. He then took one out on her. Uh, Gets to Tennessee, has an issue with his girlfriend in which she said that, well, 
it was alleged that he threatened her. She is not, I don't know what her comment is. And then there were witnesses that allegedly heard Thompson say he was going to shoot up the school. He did. The only thing that I've seen that was admitted was he did tear up a gate. Um, Tim Irwin, he's got, Bryce Thompson has a court date on Monday, September 23rd. I've got to think that Tennessee has knowledge that the case is going to be dismissed or there's no way in the world he should have played yesterday. My thought. What are yours? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I have uh, – certainly there are people out there that need the kind of protection that an order protection provides. Sometimes they're used as a weapon or out of vengeance. I'm not naive enough to think they are uh, not used in that way. Sometimes I really can't comment because I don't know any of the underlying – Factors. I don't know what kind of message it's sent because I don't know if he did something or not. I don't know. Uh, I think what I said last week still holds true. If you find out he's uh, guilty of what he's charged with, then maybe he needs to be kicked off the team. If you find out that he's innocent, then you welcome him back with open arms. I don't know the answer to that. Innocent we were, we were already we welcomed him back, though. Well, True. He started yesterday. That's true. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they know more than we do or less. It's pretty difficult to comment when you're on the outside looking in. But I, um, if there's substance to the claims, and I agree with you, it sends a negative message out there. And it, it uh, I don't think that's a good thing if there's substance to the claims. I, I, Michael, I think it looks awful if on Monday <clears throat> he is charged or pleads guilty. I think that's an awful message. But here's what I don't know. I don't know if Tennessee has some knowledge that it's going to be dismissed. Personally, I probably wouldn't have played him. I'd have waited until the court date was decided, and then I would have played him. And by the way, I didn't think he played very well when I was watching. But I wouldn't have played him until the court date was finished unless I had knowledge that it was going to be dismissed. I just go back to the A.J. Johnson situation. He never played again. Well, that was a different situation. Now, he was accused of rape. Yeah. Uh, this is an accusation of a threat. Completely different situation to me. Sure. I don't think you had a choice on A.J. Johnson. When there's an accusation of rape, you have to sit the guy until that case is resolved. And it took three or four years I think, to get it in, resolved. In my, opinion, in, my, in my opinion, you set the guy until it's cleared up to send a message to your kids on the football team, look, this ain't going to happen. I think that's fair. What if there's nothing to it, though? Let me be devil's advocate. What if there's nothing to it? And it comes out that he's actually innocent with a kind of not-so-good past. That's where I go back to they must have some knowledge. I don't know. I I was surprised when I found out he was playing before it was Mm -hmm. resolved. But I don't know if there's a reason he was playing before it was resolved. I don't know. I, just, yeah, I have to okay. wait and have see what happens this week. Thank you for yeah. the call. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it's not dismissed because I, I don't know why you would play him otherwise unless you had some knowledge of that. Uh-huh. So, uh, let's go to David. David, you're on Sports Sound Off. Good morning, Tim and Jimmy. Hey, I wanted to kind of follow up, Tim, with what you said earlier. I, I agreed with 100%. Um, it would be devastating to the – you know, we can't change what's happened – to the program prior to where we're at right now. We have to deal with what we have in front of us, just like anything else in life. And for with a $9 million buyout, uh, first of all, I just don't see the board of trustees. I don't see Randy Boyd or Chancellor even taking a sniff of that this year. Um, 
the second part of that, uh, and, and it would be, and think about the precedent it would set. Let's just say, for argument's sake, it were to happen. Now, the university comes to you and says, "Hey, hey, Tim, we want you to be our next head coach." And I'm, I'm just using this as an example, or, or we'll just say Les Miles or whoever. His agent, whoever the agent would be of the next head coach, if this were to happen, which is not, would say, "We're not even going to talk to you." And here's the opening contract, $7.5 million a year, $12 million buyout. Take it or leave it, click. It would set an, an unusually high precedent, which would then put us in a hole that if this guy didn't do well, you know, what happens? Who, who wants to come to Tennessee? Uh, you know, that earlier caller, David, in Nashville, you know, kind of made references to Tuscaloosa, you know, Auburn, some of these other places as, as opposed to Knoxville. And I would agree with you. I've lived in Tuscaloosa, and, um, you know, I've lived here most of my life, and Knoxville is definitely a better place to live. But the logic behind that being the sole factor of bringing a kid to a team is just not factual. Uh, The third part, or the second part, which I also agreed with you with, is what I think could happen is is, uh, by the time the UAB uh, uh, game comes along, that at that point, if a decision was made, like you said, between a fifth-year senior and a true freshman that looked like had you know long-term potential, I think that's when a logical change would take place if that's the thought process. Um, the third thing that I agreed with, and Jimmy, that was something you brought up, we got a killer quarterback coming in uh, from Marietta. And, um, and I agree with you that uh, the uh, – is it Cade May? Mays. Cooper's. Uh, Coop, yeah. Cooper, Cooper Mays. Cooper, yeah. Cooper. Um, I, I, I don't know if you had a chance to watch some of the film when he was at the uh, uh, one of those Nike camps, uh, but, but Tim, you're exactly right. The kid's got just the right mean streak. I felt like he handled himself extremely mobile, uh, has good thrust. He really dominated or was rarely beat by his defensive opponent. Um, so I think there's a lot of positives coming in. And, you know, this year we've seen throughout all of college football, true freshmen come in, be highly successful. Um, and so it's not, an, uh, you know, look at uh, Nick's at Auburn, uh, the kid that was the backup at Southern Cal, you know, came from a high school in Arizona. He wasn't even highly ranked when he came in uh, prior to the game this weekend. You know, he blew it up. He unfortunately, I mean, had a great game. He got hurt this past weekend, and the third-team guy comes in from Southern California, and he has a great game. So throughout the United States, having a true freshman start a quarterback is not unusual, and it being highly successful is, is highly likely. So I think that's a good positive going forward. Uh, last, I'm going to ask a question and hang up and listen to you guys. Um, am I correct in saying that when we recruited Garantano that he was the number one or one of the top dual-threat quarterbacks in the country, he was the number two rated dual threat quarterback in the country. Okay, my question is this, um, and tell me if I'm wrong on this. He rarely, if at all, runs with the football. At first, I thought it might be under the direction of the offensive coordinator, but I find it hard to believe that each defense, I'm sorry, offensive coordinator, the offensive coordinators we've had since then have been directing him to do the same thing. Is there any insight as to why he doesn't run? Is he just afraid to, or is that part of his ability to read the play and that just doesn't become an option for him because of what he sees as pass options? Uh, guys, I really appreciate both of you. Have a good time. Listen to your reply. Okay, David, thank you. I don't think Garantano's a real good runner. I think he's a very average runner. 
and I'm surprised he was rated the number two dual threat quarterback. I'll say this. When I saw some footage of him in high school, he looked like a good runner. But in college, I have not seen that I think he's a good runner. I think he's very he, he doesn't look eager to run. He doesn't look like he likes likes it when he's doing it. Maybe he's had enough hits to where that's I, not a favorite thing to do. I just keep back thinking back to him sliding short earlier in the season and putting us in third short that we don't make and ultimately, of course, losing that game. I think that was that play was a big factor in that. But uh, I think if we score on that drive, it puts them out of it. But at uh, any rate, I don't think he's – no, I don't think he's a good runner either. And I don't know that he makes good, quick decisions back there as a pocket passer. He's somewhere in the low middle out there of all that. I don't think he sees the field all that well either. No, he doesn't. It's um, same. I thought after the Auburn game last year, I thought that was the first time I, I'd seen him play when the game wasn't too big for him. And I find out later on that Auburn had taken the Tennessee threat lightly or something had pretty much been a vanilla defense thinking that was good enough to win. And – Maybe that's why he saw the field so well. I don't know. A lot of his completions were fade routes, yeah, which doesn't require a whole lot of reading. And no. he threw them very well. He threw them very. There were eight third and eights or more that he completed. Yeah, he he um, seems to play well enough at times. It's just the consistency factor in it. He seems to be slow and deliberate, looking down receivers. One of those reasons you get so many balls batted is everybody on the team knows where you're throwing it. Yep. You don't Telegram. look off before you throw a good quarterback before he dumps that ball out in the flat, looks off before yeah. he does that. Uh, let me let me just go over. David talked about <clears throat> Pruitt if he's no longer Tennessee. Uh, when we did the research on that, if he is, uh, if they parted ways December the 1st, the buyout's $9.5 million. You don't give him $9.5 million. You would pay him $190,000 over 50 months. That's what it would be. So it would be 190000 times 12 months. That's what you would owe him on an annual basis. Uh, let's uh, get in one more call ahead of a break, and let's go to Keith. Keith, you're on Sports Sound Off. Jimmy, how much more bad luck do you have to see before, before we get rid of those black cleats? <laughs> oh, the black cleats yeah, huh? yeah. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy I, I always go to church. I've never <laughs> called in 35 years to anything on Sunday. I'm calling today. I was in the stands yesterday. Of course, I only lived 70 miles in games. Thank God I didn't have to drive all the way to Tennessee to go back home and listen to all this crap. You know, uh, John McKay, who won four national championships, as soon as he got to Tampa Bay, he said, what do you think about the execution of your offense? He said, I'm all in favor of it. I remember that okay. quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he you know, said, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, here's, a, here's another one I'm looking at. Oh, coaching an expansion team, is how is that a religious experience? Well, you do a lot of praying. Most of the time, the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I mean, we are so stupid. We recovered a fumble, and, and our, our foot was out of bounds. We run the shotgun from the two-freaking-yard line, okay? we we Our, our, our punters... We've had an almost spectacular kicking game all year. Could shank two officers. We do that they, before the game. They every rotated year. the punters. Every yeah. year. They rotated every them year. and they both it's, were bad. It's like, huh? they, it's, it's like they see the name Florida on a jersey, doesn't matter how bad their players are, and they just can't do it. But yet, if Kentucky was about to win the Super Bowl and comes to Knoxville, we could beat Kentucky every year with our fifth string. I don't know why we leads. just. 
Yeah, and black cleats, too. We can overcome the black cleats. I'm telling you, no coach, Tim, you don't know me, but no coach should be able to change our jerseys. You know, and I, I mean, if you're going to wear black cleats, why don't you put a purple stripe on the helmet? We'll be Clemson, too. I just don't like it, okay? And now, wait a minute. I, now, we're uh, not going to knock it, purple with me on the air, are we? <laughs> <laughs> we're not knocking purple. We just don't want to be Clemson. We don't want to be Nick Saban. And we don't want to be Alabama. Black looks good with red. It looks good with some other stuff. It don't look good with our stuff. We look like a bunch of morons out there. And I'm telling you, those unlucky black cleats, it's just the history keeps going on and on of how many unbelievable, un, unthinkable, uh, you can't even imagine how this bad list is, is hit us. You know, it's just, it's just unbelievable. I'm just tired of it. You know, and I, right. I, I was there yesterday. Yeah, that's what it is. But, you know, I do, I do think uh, – I want to say one other thing. And I'll finish this now, Jimmy. I want you guys to think about this. What did we do in basketball to fix our basketball problem when Bruce Pearl got away? We found an established coach that's won over 600 games, that's got an established system, who's not afraid to play anybody and beat anybody. And we, and we also stepped up and paid him $5 million a year. It was an odd way we did it. And now we got like a top – if, if, if James Freer comes in, we got a top-rated recruiting class. Maybe the number one recruiting class in the country, P.J. Hall, comes too. Okay, why are they not doing this in football? That's what I want you and Tim to talk about more than the black leagues. Why are they not going after a Bob Stoops? Why do other schools go after Urban Meyer or Bob Stoops and people like that? We just refuse to do it. No, that's not true, Keith. They have gone after those coaches, and they can't hire them. They haven't been able to hire him. They went after Mike Gundy twice. They were willing to pay him huge bucks. They went after Gary Patterson at TCU. They talked to um, Peterson at Washington. Uh, they offered Gruden a five-year, six-year deal for $30 million. He didn't want to come. So they have gone after him. They haven't been able to hire him. There's a difference. So, Well, all those coaches you just named, how many won a national championship? I don't know, but you th- – how many national championship coaches leave where they are? Come on now. Be realistic about that. But but don't but don't say that they haven't gone after big name coaches. That is absolutely not true. The only place that fires a national championship coach winner is, is here. <laughs> yeah, well what what about Auburn what, did it. What about, yeah, Auburn did it too. Yeah. LSU too. Yeah, well, what yeah. about Bob yeah. what about Bob Stoops? What about Bob Stoops who, who's thinking about coming out of retirement? Well here well I don't they got a coach right now, okay? So anyway, here's here's the deal on Stoops. Stoops retired. There, I was told there was a call made to the Stoops camp years ago, and Stoops let it know, I'm not interested. I like Oklahoma. I don't blame him. Why would you have left Oklahoma yeah. for Tennessee? So the, to, right, say, well, to, to say that Tennessee's not made an effort, Keith, that's just not right. Okay? Well, I, I, want, I, want one, I want to say one other thing about Pruitt. I, I like him. He went back wearing his Hillary Clinton smock yesterday, though, instead of his shirt he, uh, he wore when he won a game last week. But anyway, other than that, and him pairing up our black cleats and uh, replacing our other ones with black ones and all that kind of crap, look, he can recruit. He can coach. The players he's brought in are playing well. And, uh, you know, and I'll, end, I'll end with a little thing. And, and you, you guys can listen to this. The other thing Dan Kay said, if you have everyone back from a team that lost 10 games, the experience just isn't very important. But I agree with playing the young players. Have a good day. All right. Uh, one other thing. Tennessee also had a chance to hire Brian Kelly. 
and they didn't. He was at Central Michigan at that time. They hired Lane Kiffin that year. So, my opinion, a series of mistakes they've made with coaching hires. When we come back, we'll have more. You're listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off. I felt like we did pretty good, but as we all saw out there, there's plenty of mistakes that we made that we can clean up on. So we just got to use this bye week to clean up on those mistakes and just learn from this experience. Tennessee linebacker Daniel Batuli talking about how he thought the defense played against the Florida Gators. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off. We are brought to you by Window Works. Window Works is proud to be the exclusive carrier of the OKNA Windows. To join us, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. Let's go to Tony. Tony, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, good morning, guys. How are y'all? Morning, Tony. Hey, a couple, a few things I want to talk on real quick. First of all, uh, the Bryce Thompson situation. Um, you know, uh, Tim, I appreciate you not saying anything on that. I actually know a friend of mine, a good friend of mine lives in Columbia, South Carolina. I lived there for 12 years, whose son played at the high school that Bryce played at. And uh, there was never any uh, question of physical altercation. The problem is it was a, a booster at Carolina, a big booster, and his daughter was white dating a black guy. That's what it was. Uh, that's never brought up and talked about. So, Jimmy, you're talking on the side of your mouth. Talking no, about I'm not. You played him yesterday. You don't know the situation, boy. I read the situation, Tony. I read the uh, I read the incident. Okay, anyway, report. move on from that. We'll, we'll, I read the incident report. So, don't tell me I'm talking out of the other side of my mouth. I read the report in which she said he choked her okay, and hit her. That's fine. That's fine. Let me talk. I called in. So, let me talk. And no, you- you're not going to talk. You're going to start that bull. Let's go to Julie. Julie, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, yes, I have been a ball fan my entire life. And usually on Saturdays 10 years ago in Knoxville, it was an absolute sea of orange. You could go to a store during the middle of the game, which I never did, but I heard it was good shopping if you wanted to be shopping alone. Yesterday, the stores were full. Home Depot, Lowe's, everything. They were packed. People aren't having the big parties like they used to. They're not going to the games when they are home games and everything. How much of that do you think has possibly changed, I guess, with us losing, has changed the culture in Knoxville and has it had, like, a big impact on us being able to recruit players because we're just not as interested as they used to be, it seems. What's interesting about that, Julie, is that Tennessee's recruiting rankings have been pretty good. Right. Uh, uh, I don't think that you could say that there's been a huge fall-off because of that. I mean, Butch Jones is recruiting rankings average 15th in the nation which is pretty good when you're struggling. And then so right. far, Jeremy Pruitt has done a pretty good job. This class he brought in is really good, uh, and the class he's bringing in, now it's not rated very high right now. They've got 14 commits, but they're about five in-state kids that are really good football players that they got a shot to get. There are three or four on the national scene that are really good. There's a tight end in Marietta named Gilbert. There's a Darnell Washington in Las Vegas. There's a kid named Smalls in the state of Washington. There's some really good kids kids nationwide. I don't think that that is the concern about whether or not there's the interest. I think the problem is Tennessee's not winning at a high enough level in some cases to attract some of these national recruits. I think it's that. That's true. And Neyland used to be the place, you know, people talked about being intimidated by coming to a sea of orange and the the crowd noise. And I know for a fact that Tennessee – fans or why we won against Florida a few years ago at home because the crowd was so loud and we rattled them completely. Do you think that's transitioning to the players 
on the field right now that maybe they're not seeing that fan support and they're not that's why they're giving up too soon Tim, what do you think no no i think they're getting i mean i think you expect the support to drop off when you've been disappointed and there's only so so much that love of tennessee can take you take you to and carry you i think that uh a lot of people are front runners. My only question is, how do you know the stores were full yesterday? First time I've ever been shopping. Oh, okay. So you <laughs> you went shopping. Lot. You went shopping yesterday. Stuff. Okay. Well, after halftime, I just said I needed to get some stuff uh, done. Yeah, I I think uh, I think it's a natural reaction. I, I think uh, you know the guy called in earlier and said, "Hey, I'm not coming to Georgia." Uh, I'm disappointed in that. I love Tennessee. I love my, my school. I love, uh, I love my team, but I'm disappointed as a fan and everybody has a right to be disappointed as a fan. I don't think we want to accept and blindly follow mediocrity either. Uh, what scares me though is, is are we getting to just be apathetic? Uh, I was hoping for a good show and I thought that's what can make this team well, this season well is to go down there and play Florida tough, maybe win. And I still don't think the talent was that far apart. Not The score wasn't indicative of the difference in talent. I think their quarterback played much better than ours, was a huge part of that. And I think we made uh, huge bonehead plays at the worst possible time and a little bit of bad luck uh, all rolled in one. I wouldn't be surprised if this team doesn't beat somebody they're not supposed to beat by the end of the year, but I don't think it'll happen very often. But I think I do see signs of hope. I see a young linebacker playing very well. I see some defensive linemen starting to come on. I think the offensive line is better than it's been in a couple of years. I think we have great senior receivers. Uh, I think our running back situation's in pretty good shape. I think our kicking is great. I don't think uh, we've got enough of a pass rush. I don't think we've had good play at quarterback. And that's such a big part of the game, and I don't think we're able to overcome that right now. I think the future looks bright. I think it looks okay, but it's hard to hard to see the brightness when you're sitting here one and three and you're supposed to be three and one. I understand the disappointment. Yeah. Here to try to turn it around. Yeah. Well, Julie, we appreciate it. Thanks for the call. And when we come back, we will have more. We are brought to you by Window Works. Uh, Window Works offers vinyl and composite windows with many different color options. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. Uh, he did well. He put the ball to give. He put the ball in good places to get his receivers um, in, in, in in open space so they can make plays. And we just gotta. Play, play better on, on the back end. As Tennessee safety Theo Jackson talking about what Kyle Trask did, his performance again, 20 of 28, 293 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Up with Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. I want to bring you a couple of comments before we go back to the phones. And uh, I thought this was pretty revealing. This is from Jeremy Pruitt. He's on the Vol Network with Bob Kessling. Here's what Pruitt had to say about his team. 
Well, you know, we we've um, we have a lot of growing up that we need to do. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, everybody on our team wants to play, right? But are they willing to do what it takes throughout the week to to earn it um, and create the right habits? You know, we got some really good football players on our team, uh, but we we and we got some guys that have lots of potential, but. Um, there's we don't have many guys that can play winning football right now. We got to get them to where they can do that. We don't have many guys that can play winning football right now. We got to get them to do that. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting that comment right there. Also, here is um, uh, Daniel Batuli, uh, and he was asked, "Do you think there's enough of a mindset that losses are unacceptable in this program?" I really does. We got a whole bunch of competitors in that room. Uh, losses get to us. I mean, if you're any competitor, a loss is going to get to you. And we have plenty of guys like that. But in order to not feel this way, we just got to go out there and just compete, communicate, uh, control the controllables. And uh, that's what we plan on doing this week. That's Daniel Batuli, Tennessee senior linebacker. Uh, let's go back to the phones where our next caller is Rick. Good morning, Rick. Yes, how are you? Okay. Uh, guys, I think Coach Pruitt was that was a very telling comment you just played. Uh, we've got some talent on the team. Uh, for whatever reason, we're just not playing winning football right now. And uh, whose responsibility is that? Maybe Coach Pruitt needs to take a long, hard look in the mirror. This is his second year there, guys. Uh, as much as I like the guy, uh, for whatever reason, it's not getting done right now. It starts at the top, and it's not getting done. There's not that much difference in talent between us and Florida. Tim, you're exactly right about that. Why are they beating us 31-3 to or whatever the final score was? Where's the disconnect? Why do you have a leader, supposedly the leader on your team, Juwan Jennings, running into a guy when he catches a punt? Why are you having these silly 15-yard penalties? Why are you not competitive? Why are you losing to Georgia State? Why are you giving the game away to BYU? Now, we can't make a change at head coach right now, and we shouldn't, okay? you got to let the season play itself out. But, guys, I don't see us winning over four games this year. Last year we won five. We're going backwards. We're going in the wrong direction. And you're right about the coaching situation, Jimmy. We could have gotten Brian Kelly, albeit he had not wanted it at a big school yet. We also had Gary Patterson hired. He wanted the job. And there's no way we're going to get a Bob Stoops or no way we're going to get an Urban Meyer. That's just not going to happen right now, if ever. Here's my big question, guys. If things don't get better and we make a change at head coach, where does that leave Phillip? He hired the guy. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thank you. Um, so, Phillip Fulmer did hire Pruitt. All right, let's go back on this. So, Pruitt takes over after John Curry had um, – messed up the coaching search. They had gone through about five or six potential head coaches. When Philip Fulmer takes over, he had a top list of three. Kevin Steele, defensive coordinator at Auburn. Mel Tucker, defensive coordinator at Georgia. Jeremy Pruitt, defensive coordinator at Alabama. He offered it to Pruitt. If this doesn't work out, where is Coach Fulmer in this situation, Tim? Athletic director at the University of Tennessee. I mean, he's done enough. Good things that uh, that's where he needs to be. I mean, it's we need to have one of our own in that position. I mean, nobody gets this perfect. If you did, it it wouldn't be a very hard job. Um, 
but I think he brings credibility to the institution and makes it more attractive by his presence. It's hard to go to work for a guy if you don't know that guy's going to be there in a couple of years. And I think um, Philip Fulmer gives us a presence and gives us his experience, and I think that that's important to the university and important to be able to hire coaches. I will say this. I agree with the decision he made to bring Jeremy Pruitt in here. My advice to him was, and I made this advice to him, hire the best defensive coordinator you can find and get Chaney and Pittman in here to run your offense. That was my advice to him. It took a year to get there on the Chaney part, and we still didn't get to the Pittman part. But I think this guy we got coaching the offensive line right now, I think he can coach. I think I'm seeing improvement. Young guys getting better. Uh, I see some improvement even in the losses of our young guys getting better. Um, but I think uh, talking about a coaching change right now is just talking about something that could never happen. It's so far removed from the equation, we don't even need to talk about that till maybe this time next year. Here's the thing about Philip Fulmer on this, uh, this hire. You wonder who he might have hired had he been the athletic director to start well, yeah, we'd already been told no by, what, five or six people by the That's time right. Philip got into the process. Right. So you have to take all those guys off the table. So now it's, okay, of the coaches left, where are you going to go? So I'm not sure if it's 100% fair to tie Fulmer's success to Pruitt's success because you don't know what Fulmer would have done had he been leading the charge to hire a coach in the first place. Where would he have gone? I, I don't know. I don't know either, but, you know, like I've said many times, as long as our coach is Jeremy Pruitt, he's my coach. I'm not going to be spending two hours on my Sunday morning bashing Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, I don't know him very well, and but I'm okay with him. He doesn't block or tackle out there. I, I tell you, one thing I do have a problem with, he's a defensive guy. And I'm tired of these guys dancing around while the ball's being snapped out there and not being in the right position. Now, I'll hold him accountable for that because he's the defensive coordinator. He's not the coordinator, but he really is. He's the defensive coach. Uh, get him lined up right to start with. That that bothers me. That's my number one criticism. He can't play quarterback. Uh, he can't throw the ball on time, make good decisions out there on the field. Um, but my that's my biggest thing right now is getting communication on his defense um, that's mm -hmm. his side of the ball uh, you point finger at Cheney on the other stuff because I know Cheney's running it mm -hmm. that's what he's brought in here to do let's go back to the phones where Tom is our next caller hello Tom hey Jimmy Tim good morning guys morning. hey Tom what an interesting show Jimmy's been a long time since I talked to you guys and you know just to just to follow up Jimmy you know, my dad played at Tennessee, uh, had season tickets for 15 years, and I've seen dumpster fires, but this is the dumpster fire of all fires. And, uh, Jimmy, the, the jury for me is, is in on Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, I don't think it doesn't take me three to four years to, to see, you know, guys bring in their own recruits, this sort of thing. This team's not well coached. I used to get mad at, 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 at what happened yesterday in Georgia State and, my wife and I had dinner last night, and she said, you don't seem to be too upset about Tennessee getting trounced by Florida. And I said, honey, <clears throat> this is the way it is with apathetic fans. I entered the transfer portal, Jimmy, three years ago, 
and LSU pick me up. I'll hang up and enjoy your guys' show. Okay, Tom. Um, <clears throat> you don't want to hear that out of Tennessee fans, do you? No, I mean, that's not what you want to build a program. That's not what you want as far as loyalty. But, you know, he, he, he's got a right to go or not go if he wants to. Uh, just don't expect to get a priority when you come back when things are good. <clears throat> Let's go to uh, Bill. Bill, you're on Sports Sound Off. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Um, well, there's two things I'd like to talk about. One, I'd like to hear uh, Coach Pruitt or uh, the um, uh, I'd like to hear former come out and then and say something about it. He's behind Coach Pruitt uh, a little bit better, and, and uh, he's going to stay with him. Let's talk about him and coaching, coming down and coaching the team. It's nonsense. Pruitt's his coach, and. Uh, also, I'd like to have everybody remember back to 1988. We were in 0-6. I believe it was 88. And, uh, you know, I was over in the Nashville area, Fort Campbell, and uh, the newspapers over there had Johnny Majors gone. And uh, from that 0-6, they came back and about beat Alabama, won the next five games. In the next three years, they, they had some great teams. So mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes it's got to get really bad before it gets better. And uh, – you know, there aren't too many Johnny Majors uh, out there who can take a team and rebuild an Iowa State, a pit, and then it took a while, but Tennessee too. You know, the, the times are different, and uh, it's a lot harder now. And I, I just think that we've got to stand behind Coach Pruitt no matter what. And just like just like you said, Tim, he's our coach. And I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Okay. You still there? Yeah, we're still here. We're just listening to that's, you. That's just what I feel. I just haven't. I mean, I'd like to hear this nonsense about uh, are they going to fire Fulmer and bring uh, bring uh, coach and uh, fire uh, Pruitt, bring Fulmer down to coach is absolutely absurd. Um, you know, that's the last thing we want to do. The, uh, you've got to create some continuity. We've got to you know stick together and show that we're on solid ground and everything's solid in Knoxville. And right now, people from the outside, I'm retired military, and I'm telling you, they don't look at us as a solid program, and we've got to establish that. And uh, I think that there's, it's, it's, you know, there's just like like you said, Tim, it's just a lot of Murphy's Murphy's Law. This team isn't that bad. Um, they're not. They can play with the, the BYUs and the SoCals, and, and uh, they can go toe-to-toe. And, you know, against Florida, we've felt snake bit for 10 years. And I think it's just a matter of it's mental. It's as mental as it is physical and talent. And, you know, we just got to. Majors during the bye week, if I remember right, y'all tell me if you if this is true. He had, gave the coaches a chance to go coach other positions. Anybody who wanted to try out for another position on the on the team was allowed to during that bye week, and they came out a different team. What What are you talking about? When? Who 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 is this? Nineteen eighty eight. Nineteen eighty eight. Oh, okay. Well, that's not a, that's not exactly where that went down. They What happened was they demoted Ken Donahue, and then he quit or retired, and Doug yeah, Matthews went from running that, back yeah. to the defensive coordinator. Uh, the, I don't remember a whole lot of position changes, but I do remember coaching changes. Yeah, yeah well, I, I just remember reading in the paper that Major told me anybody who wants to try out for another position can do it. And okay. I was stationed over at Fort Campbell. And, of course, slams aren't what they were now. You live for the newspaper, you know, to find yeah. anything out. And, but okay. I, I just think that we just need to, to not, not panic. It may get bad. It may it get down to when we only win two games. It's bad, but, you know. At the end of the day, if we lose every game and come out next year a winner like we did in those days, you know, it's not going to matter. 
Okay. You know? Bill, we appreciate so that's, that's, it. Okay. Well, thank you now. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for the call. When we come back, we will have more as we are brought to you by Window Works. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. I think a lot of times we're holding ourselves back. Uh, it's not necessarily what the other teams are doing. Uh, at the end of the day, we got to execute a lot better. I put a lot on myself today, not executing, uh, not finishing things I need to finish. But, you know, a lot of times we just got to execute better uh, overall, just go back to the drawing board every week. That's Tennessee offensive lineman Trey Smith after Tennessee's loss to Florida. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Soundoff. I'm Jimmy Himes along with Tim Irwin. Tim, do you think Trey Smith is gradually playing better? Yes. Yes, definitely. I think he's starting to get his form back. I thought that penalty was kind of unfortunate. His hand was up in there. Pretty good block, pretty good kick-out block. He just didn't get his hand out in time. He got the penalty. It was a painful penalty, but I think he's been playing. But now, the week before when he ran down the field and hit the guy late, that was uh, that was undefendable. But this was a play during the course of the game, a good aggressive play, just hand slipped up under the guy's helmet, which it does sometimes. I think, no, I like the way he's playing right now. Let's go back to the phones where Shane is our next caller. Shane, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, good morning. How you guys doing? Okay. Hey, the first time caller. Been listening for, for a few years now and everything. But uh, y'all was uh, talking earlier about the uh, the uh, recruit coming in uh, from Georgia, the quarterback position. Yeah. Uh, Mason, I believe. Harrison uh, Bailey from he, Marietta. Yeah, yeah, Marietta. Is he a uh, like a – uh, highly touted uh, dual threat quarterback, or is he just a a run or a throw? Or I think he's more of a pocket passer who has some mobility. He is a high four star player. He's had some outstanding games so far this year. He's also a teammate of a great tight end Tennessee's recruiting by the name of Eric Gilbert. Yeah, I, I can remember. You know, just a few years ago. Uh, Dobbs, you know, was over there in uh, his senior year, and Irwin, Tim, Tim was saying, you know, hey, we're going to miss him when he's gone. <laughs> That's still holding true. A couple years later, we're still in that, you know, I, I was just thinking if we had that dual threat, you know, like Dobbs, he, he didn't care to run. If he had to run, he could run. Offensive line seemed to be doing better. You know, he's more options. And I was just thinking, the you know, moment was everybody not- had to really – the moment was never too big for Josh Dobbs. He thrived in it. I think he, he played his best when the chips were down. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, with you know, you got Jennings, you got Callaway, you got you know, uh, uh, Gray is running back. You know, Chandler. You know, you got all these different weapons, and the line is holding. You know, and Garantano has time. It's just the decisions. You know, don't want to knock you know the guy too much, but. You know, I was just thinking, you know, man, if Dobbs was in that position with that many key players around him, the possibilities are endless. You know, yeah. well, they'd be better. Absolutely, he. I thought he helped mask an offensive line that wasn't all that great. No, I think the offensive exactly. line's better now than than Dobbs had for really? sure. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, okay. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If we just had that that one key that you know Tim alluded to earlier, that your quarterback is your your number one position. You know. And he put the offensive line at like number eight or nine. I think you you know you just running through a bunch of different options, and you know with the offensive line that we've got now and what they're able to do, you know, and give the quarterback time to make it, you know, the decision. Even though he's 
taken a little longer than what he needs to, Dobbs would have it would have been just an unreal what what kind of season and the possibilities like I'm saying that we we would we would have right now. Yeah. Okay, Shane, appreciate it. Uh, thank you all. All right. Let's try to work in David. This will be our last caller. Uh David, you're on Sports Sound Off. We've only got a couple of minutes left. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate your show, Jimmy, and everything you do, and Tim. Thank you. Uh, but I, I will say this. is You know, I've been watching Tennessee football for over 40 years. And I, I'm, I'm firmly – I just believe that quarterback play is so key. I think if we have really good quarterback play, we're 3-1, and one, and we were competitive yesterday. The reason why I say that, you know, in the first half, our defense was holding Florida pretty good. If we were scoring points, our defense doesn't get wore down at the end of the game if they're not three and out on the field all the time. And I think Jeremy Pruitt, I do see improvement in a lot of players, but our quarterback play is horrible. And I don't know what's happened to Garantano, but I can sit in the stands at Neyland and every, you know, there's 20,000 people saying throw the ball. It, it, and if we had Joshua Dobbs right now, I believe we'd be three and one and had a competitive football game yesterday. This team is better than the t- some of those teams he was on. He quarterback play just makes that much difference. If we have good quarterback play, we don't we don't lose to Georgia State. If we have good quarterback play, we pull away from BYU. Yeah. And yesterday our offense is just stagnant. You can't keep throwing a defense on the field like we did yesterday and expect them. Now, they are making mistakes. I do agree with Tim. There's still problems lining up. That's on Jeremy Pruitt. But our problem with this team, the difference in being a 7-5 and five team and 4-8 and eight is our quarterback play. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we, uh, we recognize that's been a problem. Tennessee takes on Georgia next. They have an open date this week. Your thoughts on Georgia? Wow. Uh, doesn't seem possible, but you never know. Uh, look like a big, strong, uh, well-coached football team to me. And, uh, yeah, I thought uh, they manhandled Notre Dame at the line of scrimmage some. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how we're going to stop the run when we play Georgia. That's going to be a big challenge. I don't know how we're going to stop Swift and the run and – and I don't know that they're going to have to pass the ball that much to beat us. But we'll we'll see. Uh, can we score points on them? Uh, I think we can if we get good quarterback play. If our quarterback gets hot, I think we can score points on anybody. I think the rest of the components are there. Great receivers, great running back, lines adequate. Uh, but we can't stop them, I'm afraid. Tim, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, you can uh, join me at uh, WAT at 11 a.m. This has been Sports Sound Off.